1: Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson.
0: Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Brandy DeCarly of Farm From a Box to talk about her experience empowering communities to grow their own food. Brandy is the founder of Farm from a Box, an off-grid, modularly designed farm system that provides communities with the tools they need to grow their own food locally and earn an income. Previously, Brandy was managing partner of Humankind Philanthropic Advisory Company, a consulting firm that created custom giving strategies to foster a greater level of donor engagement, all built around collaboration, transparency, and impact. She worked to develop cross sector partnerships with nonprofits, private sector, governments, and philanthropic organizations to help elevate the effectiveness and impact of projects. A collaborator at heart, she specializes in strategic planning, design strategy, and business development. Welcome to the show today, Brandy.
2: Thank you so much, Greg. It is a pleasure to be here.
0: So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now?
2: It's a funny experience, actually, being in farming now, as I I don't come from a farming background. Uh Uh, The whole concept of farm from a box really started back in 2009. My business partner and I were working on a project in rural Kenya, and we were putting together youth empowerment centers. Uh-huh. And it was really meant to bring resources to the rural youth. And we were using modified shipping containers built around oh. a soccer field.
1: Oh, and nice for the most
2: part. Yeah, for the most part it was all it was all around education, sport and health for uh-huh. the kids. But it became really obvious to us that there was a foundational need that was missing and that was one of nutrition and getting access to food. Mm -hmm. So that was was kind of the genesis of the idea, is how is it that we could take this same deliverable model of bringing resources into an area and actually make it for sustainable food production. Mm
0: -hmm. So tell us about Farm in a Box. I just landed on your website, and this looks pretty amazing.
2: Thank you. We really think it is, too. Farm from a box is basically a complete off-grid toolkit for sustainable agriculture. Uh-huh. We like to think of it of as sort of being a Swiss Army knife um, uh-huh. for off-grid smallholder production. So it has all of the tools that you need to get a small two-acre farm up and running.
0: All out of a shipping container.
2: All out of a shipping container.
0: So I'm I'm on the front page of your of your website farmfromabox.com, and there is a f- picture. Looks like a, a probably a drawing picture, um, although the the video down below looks like a real time video, um, and there is a shipping container with solar panels and a little greenhouse on it, and groceries growing in fields all around it.
2: <laughs> That's
0: correct. So, That's exactly what it looks like. Uh, t- how did how did you come to create something like this?
2: Well, you know, when we first started, we were considering all kinds of different things. We were looking into atmospheric water generators and NASA-type-endorsed composting systems with chickens and and pods. We've looked at a number of different things uh, that could be included into a shipping container that would all make it a really highly efficient, productive, closed-loop system for producing food. Uh-huh. So we've tested out a number of different things. And what we've landed on, which is what you're seeing... Uh-huh is kind of the core concept of there must always be some type of renewable energy source. We want it to be powered off-grid. Beautiful. And we want to make sure that there's always going to be a water system, mm-hmm. a really efficient water system. Here in California, we certainly know that <laughs> really well. That we oh, yeah. need to make sure that we're really utilizing our water as wisely as we can. But we also wanted to make sure that we even included basic hand tools and also communications access, so the the box is actually Wi-Fi connected as well, so oh, they wow. can exchange information wherever the box happens to be.
0: Uh huh. All right, so I want one, and I, <laughs> you know, I write you guys a check. It arrives on my doorstep. What's the from day one until we're growing food? What does that look like?
2: Ideally, it won't arrive on your doorstep <laughs> unless you're growing directly in your front yard. Um, but you know. It, no two boxes are ever going to be identical. Okay. There are just so many different variables when it comes to farming and agriculture that, first and foremost, you would have to figure out where you are and what it is that you would like to be able to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, growing here, for example, in Sonoma, California, is going to be a little bit of a different situation than growing somewhere like Utah or New York. So we have the ability... We really designed the system to make sure that it can be customized according to where it ultimately ends up going.
1: Mm, right. So whether
2: that's for being customized to the local climate and available water resources or even down to who's using it. Is, it. is it just you and your family that's going to be using it or is it going to a school or is it going, going to a community organization? We can tailor it a little bit. So first, we we'd need to talk with you a little bit about what it is that you are really looking to do.
0: Right. So everything that I need, essentially, you're going to have conversations with me, and everything that I need really comes in this box.
2: Basically. Yeah. Uh, we we don't include seeds. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, although we're certainly very big fans and advocates of making sure that we provide good, like quality, locally sourced indigenous seeds. Seeds, yeah. Um, we're big on seed saving and making sure that we're using quality seeds. Oh perfect. Perfect. So this is a really cool concept.
0: Where are you at in the process of actually getting them out there?
2: We're still testing this right now. Okay. Uh, we have one unit, our very first prototype, which we named Adam. Adam is currently <laughs> nice. growing in Sonoma uh-huh. and is done so in partnership with a local school called Shone Farm.
0: Oh and
2: we've actually we're launching four additional units this year where these are our beta tests. We're really testing this situation in real live community environments. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's going to be a few other ones that we're going to launch here coming up within the next few weeks. And meanwhile, uh, we have so much interest in these that we're also taking on wait lists of right. people that want to be able to buy these systems as soon as, we, as soon as we stretch our wings a little bit and, and get some of these other things tested. hmm So
0: this is a really cool concept, and I know we started in Kenya. Can you tell us a little bit more?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Farm from a Box was initially designed to offset food aid by providing communities with the tools needed to be able to grow their own food locally. Perfect. Our thought process behind that is rather than just giving short-term food aid short-term food aid, instead, let's provide communities with the tools that they need to do it on their own, which is much more of a respectful sort of long-term solution. Yeah. Uh, as we've been building this out, it's really evolved, and we saw a very big need for utilizing this type of system, even above and beyond international development projects and domestic aid, mm-hmm. but also as an educational tool, oh, yes. really being able to connect kids with healthy food and mm-hmm. what farming is like. And being able to connect communities with really healthy, nutritious food as well and make it a pretty easy startup kit. Fantastic. So, you're working
0: with partners. I'm on your website here and I see that you have a bunch of partners you're working with. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yes. Our partners are our superheroes. Uh-huh. We're a very big fan of our partners. Uh-huh. Uh, we're, we're collaborators at heart. I love the way and- you said that. They're your superheroes. Oh, they absolutely are too. We, we want to make sure that we, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Right. Um, there are already some of the most phenomenal agricultural systems and technologies out there. So rather than trying to do it all ourselves, mm-hmm. it's much better for us to just work with people so that we actually have a solution that, that is really effective.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So we've been very, very fortunate to be able to partner with organizations like Netafim one of the world's best irrigation companies uh, based out of Israel, and they're certainly active Mm. here within the U.S., really water efficient systems um, and doing some really innovative work. Uh, SMA is another one of our providers as Mm -hmm. well, and they're a global leader in renewable energy systems and particularly inverters. Uh, Trojan Battery is providing our batteries for us, so we, we like to make sure, oh, Grunfoss, I can't even forget about them, they're also phenomenal. They they basically provide the workhorse pump uh, oh, wow. that moves this water throughout mm-hmm. the entire two-acre system. So even providers aside, we have partnerships with academic institutions mm-hmm. um, like UC Berkeley and Santa Rosa Junior College and different global academic partners. Um, we want to make sure that in order to come up with something that lasts and works and can be used from schools, to international aid and disaster relief projects, that we're really working with a broad-based network uh, of partners. Uh, and they just basically become our, our superheroes around the night's table so that we can get a good project going. Cool.
0: And, and I'm, go- I'm looking down your team page here, and I see you have Dr. Miguel on your list of advisory board people.
2: Da, 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 da. Nice. Dr. Miguel is amazing. Yeah. Yes. Tell us about him a little bit, would you? Oh, he's a professor of agroecology out mm-hmm. of UC Berkeley, but he's he's so much more than a professor. He is he's a champion for climate smart agroecological growth. Yeah. Systems that really just actively regenerate life so that not only are they producing phenomenal yields, but it's really building the soil and the overall biodiversity of the farm and the surrounding area. And that's exactly the approach that we really want to make sure that we're integrating. He also so happens to be a really phenomenal human being. So yeah. we're, we're really honored yeah. to work with him. How cool is
0: that? So I, I'm really liking the, the, and I don't like this word, and our, most of our listeners know that, the sustainability perspective that you're coming at from this. Uh, it, and it, it sounds to me like you're taking it farther than just sustainability.
2: Well yeah, certainly when it's one of those words that is so overused yeah. in, in areas that it's it's not always necessarily the case. But the approach that we're really taking is we want to make sure that we're we're providing a means for really being able to link production with consumption mm-hmm. and build local food economies and make sure oh. that not only is are is the food nutrient rich and delicious but it's also grown in a really clean manner where yeah. the farmers are happy and healthy and the energy that it is utilized is really clean and that the resources are being used um, in a really efficient way. So that's, that's our idea of sustainability is, is making sure that everything is really contributing to prosperity and health yeah. from people and planet across the board.
0: Fantastic, it all, it all kind of works together in a smooth regenerative system Yes. Yeah. Cool. So how do you take into consideration different locations and climates when you're starting to talk with somebody? Because I, I live in the desert. I mean, you know, we're going to be 120 degrees here pretty soon. And I'm sure you're dealing with people in places that aren't here like this.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's a great question. We're experimenting with that right now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a part of these four farms that we're launching is we're launching them with distinct partners that are also in really different climates mm. so that we can oh, we can test exactly that system. Yeah. So if we are putting one of these units in, say, Utah, mm-hmm. what do we do when the growing season is actually relatively short just because of the seasonality right. of having a longer winter than perhaps what it is that we're dealing with here? So we're playing around with... Do we incorporate a more robust greenhouse system?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or when it comes to a warmer climate, what is it that we do with the soil to make sure that it's really retaining a lot of the water in the area? So our approach has really been take a bit of an initial assessment in terms of what the growing season is, what the climate conditions are, what the resources are.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And let's put together all of the appropriate tools and technology that would be able to really maximize the growth for that area. So some of it has yet to be determined, and this right. year's going to be a really exciting one as we're testing these out in different locations.
0: Yeah. And I, I love that you're experimenting.
2: Oh, we have to. Oh, we yeah. certainly don't know everything, and the experimentation is the fun part, especially when you go into it with some really active partners that, that are, are really into it as well. Yeah. So it's going to be a good adventure.
0: Fantastic. So training, do you, you guys
2: offer training in your box? Yes, we do. We have to. Um, Oh, yeah. If anything, for people like myself that don't come from an agricultural background, we're actually building out a three-part training program to come with a box. So first and foremost, it's going to be covering sustainable farming techniques. Uh Uh, And that's a part of what Dr. Altieri is going to be helping us with as well. The second aspect of that is going to be technology use and maintenance. Um, Understanding the connection between the solar panels to the pump to the inverter to the battery but also, really, how is it that you maintain that system there, and that you're you're skilled on that? The third aspect of our training program is on developing farming as an enterprise, oh, so that nice. you learn the marketing skills around it, and you learn the basic business aspect of being able to really maximize the income that you can generate from a two-acre mm-hmm. farm.
0: Fantastic! And you know the cool piece about that is that you're actually giving them marketing training too. it sounds like. Yes. Like, cause I, I tell people this all the time, growing food is only half of the process. Then you have to get it, you know, picked and packed and processed and marketed and, you know, get it out there. So that's a really important piece of it.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And we can also make sure that people aren't doing it on their own, Yeah. but that we can help connect them with local resources and organizations that may be able to help Provide them with more information on, a, on joining a local CSA group oh, or yes. getting involved in a local farmer's market mm-hmm. or other ways of being able to make sure that you've got an, an automatic buyer for your produce that you grow as well. So that's kind of a part of the team network that we want to be able to build through this mm-hmm. is connect with some of those local resources as well. Cool.
0: So is this training going to be online or is it in person? How do you do that?
2: It's going to be a little bit of both. Huh? What we think we may be able to do actually is is create training modules. um, Not training modules, I'm sorry. That's not the right word. Like training centers. uh, So that within certain regions, people can come and it'll be open to the public as well to be able to receive some of of this training. Right. But they also have a complete manual that's going to come with each unit and Mm -hmm. it will be available online as well. But we do think that the continual learning will be an important aspect of not only the box, but helping really really people grow with more knowledge around agriculture. Yeah,
0: ongoingly. I Exactly. I, I, so we did a tour here at the Urban Farm recently and we were... The urban farm is my house where I live. It's a third of an acre right in the middle of Phoenix. And I do tours. We start in the front yard. We go to the backyard. We talk about everything that's going on. And there's tomatoes growing this spring in, in the front yard. And this you know, this young man, he must have been no more than about 24, 25. He says, you know, because somebody asked about how do, how do you keep the birds from the tomatoes? And he chimed in and he answered the question by saying, my grandmother taught me which I thought that was really cool. My grandmother taught me that if you put a bowl of water, fresh water around the tomatoes every day, the birds will drink the water and leave tomatoes alone.
2: I I love it.
0: I know, isn't that great?
2: See, that's a part of that generational wisdom that I really hope that we aren't losing, especially with an aging farmer population. It's important to keep that storytelling and keep that knowledge going so that the, the first response isn't necessarily a chemical one. Right. Instead, what are some of our other options? Yeah. And in that case, put a bowl of water there.
0: Exactly. Well, and here, then he followed it up. Then he said, and these are his exact words, I tried it a few years ago and it works and now I do it all the time. <laughs>
2: meanwhile he's keeping the birds very happy in the neighborhood as well
0: exactly exactly so you know i tell that story because i teach but i also put myself in situations where i get to constantly learn and i come up with stuff like that that is that's priceless in my opinion that's that's absolutely priceless
2: it is and even being able to see kids and adults alike quite honestly Where there's been such a disconnection between the food that we actually eat and how it is grown yeah, to be able to go out into the field and say, wait a second, is this garlic or no, is this an onion? Oh, I can right. just eat this leaf off of this kale right now and have yeah. it be delicious. Isn't that great? So so it's nice to be able to just have a means of, of establishing that reconnection with nature and yeah. what our food yeah. systems are.
0: Fantastic. I love that. As you can tell, I get lit up about it, so...
2: I do, too. I do, too. We're probably our own renewable power source right I, now.
0: <laughs> I love that. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? So Farm in a Box, is it a profit or a non-profit?
2: Farm in a Box is a for-profit. We're it, a benefit corporation. Oh, nice. You're and good. we wanted to make sure that it, it was a good way of being able to make sure that we really offered this product out pretty broadly Yeah. and could do so in a rapid way. With that said, we also have a non-profit and our nonprofit is called Tacklebox Lab. And Tacklebox Lab, basically, it's, its whole job is to research different technologies and different tips and tricks from around the world that can really contribute to a more sustainable global food system. Uh-huh. It also happens to be our research and development arm. So we're mm. running all of these tests through Tacklebox Lab. And ultimately, it's our charitable arm as well. So we want to make sure that we're giving back to the community wherever we can.
0: Fantastic. So, what is the ultimate goal and the impact of your project? Why it's yeah? What's the what's the why of the project?
2: Oh, uh, the why of the project is we have to.
1: <laughs> we, we feel
2: we feel like we are really on a mission
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, with depleted natural resources around the globe, with lack of access to nutritional food, both here in our own backyards and again throughout the world. We really feel like it's time to shift the focus from mass production to food production for the masses. Mm. And we see Farm from a Box as being a really powerful tool to be able to help communities grow their own food locally and in a, in a clean, sustainable way. Uh-huh. So we want to be a part of that. And that's, that's really what we're ultimately working for, uh, is to make sure that everyone has access to healthy, nutritional food and can grow it on their own. Wow. How cool is that? Thank you. Thank you. This has really been a pleasure.
0: So can you talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it?
2: This interview may go on extremely long if we talk about all of the many (laughs) failures that, that I've encountered. But it's kind of one of those situations where just try and if you fail fabulously, go for it. Yeah. Most recently, actually, I'll bring up one, one that has been near and dear to my heart recently is Farm for a Box, as we said, we really, we really came up with this concept of having it act as an alternative to food aid.
1: Hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. our original intention has been to pilot the system here within the United States and also have a pilot in Ethiopia. Oh. And for several years, we had been working with a local uh, women's organization there, al- along with some academic partnerships and NGO partnerships. you mm-hmm. know we we had a lot of partnerships we were ready to work with and we we just recently were there in December, ready to go, had our had our box named Lucy that was completely developed with Ethiopia in mind. Uh-huh. and Unfortunately, when it came time for us to prepare for actually launching the entire pilot, the political situation really changed Mm. in the area Uh pretty dramatically. And and it's something that we take take pretty heavily and with a lot of weight that ultimately we ended up having to make the choice to pull that project just because the timing of it was not quite right Uh to do. Although although we just really feel like we ultimately failed that community group that we had been yeah. working with for so long, so we have to kind of hold on to the idea that wh- while the timing was not right at the moment, mm-hmm. it's something that we really are driven to return to yeah. uh, when the situation changes. So it was a pretty pretty significant reroute that we just experienced in oh, terms of yeah. having to having to shift away from that project. Mm-hmm and focus a little bit more on the US for the time being, there's certainly a really big need here. And and in that refocusing, there's always that learned lesson that you end up taking from it. So, So we're now gonna make sure that we really are able to test the system, streamline some of the technology that we have to make sure that the product is as easy to operate as possible, get that training program really developed and built out with the partners that we're working with, and then we can launch again into the global market and be able yeah. to, to serve the needs of underdeveloped countries. So it was an, it was an interesting learned lesson.
0: <laughs> Most of them usually are. <laughs>
2: that, that is very true.
0: What do you consider your biggest success?
2: Oh, I think it would actually be the tenacity of the tenacity and the drive that continuing forward with building this project and building this business Mm -hmm. has required of my business partner and I. Mm. There have been times where it has been so down to the last penny and investors and everyone wants to see that you're already bringing in revenue and, Mm -hmm. and you have a million dollars coming in before they're willing to invest and in sort of give your idea a shot. And so we've come up with some really interesting creative ways of making it happen. And it's, it's the ups and downs of having a startup business.
0: Oh yes. Where
2: there's those weeks that I would Airbnb my house just to <laughs> of extra cash coming in. Yeah. So I think I'm extremely proud of, just uh, becoming that acquainted with my own sort of inner constitution. Uh-huh. And certainly again, that of my business partner, because we've had some, have had some adventures um, yeah. and it's been a tough go, but our greatest success is getting here and seeing the box live on the ground, growing crops and seeing it really benefit the community is just the greatest.
0: Yeah. And if I'm, I'm going to chime in here and say, I I can hear, in your voice since we started this interview the success and the excitement that you have for this project it's 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 infectious it's you know Ah. i'm 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 like in let's go
2: (laughs) yes thank you so yeah you bet exciting you bet and and we've got some really really phenomenal partnerships um that we're really excited to announce with where some of these these next four boxes are going to go so that has me fired up as well
0: nice nice what drives you what's your big why around all of this
2: do something do something you know my my just personally uh-huh my grandparents were the type of people that absolutely wherever they went they they worked hard and they connected with people and they just seemed to leave this wake of love behind them and you could literally see the impact of of them just being good people and i think that that was one of the things that really really taught me at a young age the power of just connecting and really trying mm-hmm. to make a difference in whatever way that so happens to be. So as my life has taken shape and I've, I've lived in different countries and I've had different experiences, it, it just seems so pointless to sort of live in your own silo um, mm. for me. So I'm really driven by the fact that I have this one life and I really want to do something good with it and, (laughs) and connect and help and leave the world in a better place. That sounds so idealistic, but in my heart, that's actually, that's actually what I feel.
0: Amen to that. (laughs) Amen to that. Absolutely. (laughs) So I'm all about education and I have to know, is there a book or two that has really just sparked uh, this process for you?
2: Oh, there's so many. Um, i I will share two. One of my all-time favorites, which is Paolo Colo's The Alchemist. Oh, I have yes. read reread that on many occasions, uh-huh. uh, the moments where I start to feel a little lost and powerless, and that nothing I'm doing is working. I reread that book and i'm I'm back in a position of i can I can create this, I can yeah. do this. On the agricultural side, I'm also a very big fan of uh, The Soil Will Save Us.
0: Oh, that's yes. book.
2: Uh-huh. And, uh book. And The Market Gardener, um, Jean-Martin Fortier is a really phenomenal one uh, that's starting to, take, starting to take the world by storm right now. Uh, but he really put some good solid tips in terms of looking at a farm as an enterprise mm. and being able to really help people plan that out. Uh, and we have a lot of respect for that approach, also.
0: Yeah, perfect. So the last two books were "The Soil Will Save Us" mm-hmm. and "The Market Gardener." The Market Gardener. All right, cool. So, what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
2: It may be a very large one. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> but on on the topic of where we are in this conversation, I my piece of advice is quite literally hold on to whatever your dreams are and Mm. do not give up until you get there there are going to be all of those ups and downs but believe in them feed them love them cherish them and and inevitably they do end up coming true it just so happens to be that this is this is one of my dreams yeah um but you know there's if we all collectively in the world really feed and fuel our dreams imagine the world that that would look
0: like yeah beautiful Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Brandy. It has been thank a tr- you so much for having me. Absolutely. How can our listeners get a hold of you?
2: Welcome to get a hold on our Facebook account. Okay. Um, Facebook is Farm from a Box. Also on Twitter, and I will be the one responding to you directly.
0: Oh, very good. Um,
2: and in the spirit of responding directly, um, you're also feel free to email me. Uh, my email is bdcarly. At farmfromabox.com.
0: Perfect. And then you can also go to farminabox.com. Correct. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org.